Hello, welcome to another episode of If You'll Indulge Me. I'm Ted Joya. And I'm Asim Shukla. And we're trying something new here at If You'll Indulge Me. We often find that we have very strong opinions on very small matters. So to create an outlet for our irrational opinionating, we're starting a new segment where one of us brings in a dish that they think should be banished from earthly existence. Killed, if you will. And then we debate it in the court of public opinion, the food court. So today on trial, the Danish, that most inconspicuous of pastries. According to legend, it was founded in 1850 in Denmark when a a baker's strike forced the owners to turn to cheap Austrian labor. Their Teutonic techniques produced a culinary wonder that was called at the time Wienerbrot or Viennese bread. And the Danish acquired its current name when it was taken to the U.S. by Danish immigrant Lawrence Klittning, who rose to international superstardom when he featured the Danish for Woodrow Wilson's wedding in 1915. But in the last century... Was Woodrow Wilson not married in the first part of his presidency? Apparently not. He needed the Danish before I'm he could do that. I'm skeptical about this fact, but let's, let's let the lore Are go you, on. Yeah. Don't question the Danish lore. All right. But let's just say the last century has not been so kind. The thrill is gone. And so now the Danish finds itself in the food court. Wow, Ted, that was, that's pretty good music. Where did you find that? It's called... Big news? I would say it's pretty big news. And here to moderate, not not moderate, to preside over the food court is friend of the podcast and actual real-life journalist, Ellen Hewitt. Hi. Ellen is professionally unopinionated, so her assessment will be taken with the utmost gravity. She's the perfect arbiter. This is hugely exciting. Thank you so much for having me. I will be introducing the format of food court. Please. Uh, in which each side will have 90 seconds to make the opening arguments and then... 30 to 60 seconds for rebuttals. I will ask follow-up questions, and then I will make a fairly arbitrary decision. Great. So today we will be doing the Danish. Who is going to start? I will be on the prosecution, calling for the end of Danishes. All right, Ted, let me cue up my timer. The will be on defense. All right. You have 90 seconds, Ted. Go. In the already overcrowded pastry world, where new amazing pastries are being invented every single day, there is one item that no longer has a place the lowly Danish. First of all, I submit that there's no human being on earth who would pick the Danish as their first pastry choice. When you go to a horrible continental breakfast or conference on that Costco platter and the blueberry bagels are gone, you turn to the Danish. And the reason for this is quite simple. is because it has no structure. The best pastries have the perfect balance between filling and pastry. But the Danish inverts that horribly. It's like I have a couple bites of pastry uh, to get to the filling when I have no more pastry. So while the croissant is perfectly structured for each bite, the Danish destroys structure. And so you get either all pastry or all filling. And the purpose of filling is to fill something. So when you do it on itself, it just doesn't make sense. It's an equation for culinary imbalance. It's the sloppy joe of the pastry world. Wow. Great. Great. Asim? I will happily defend the Danish in this court of public opinion. The Danish is like a croissant on crack. It's made up of the same things as a croissant, viennoiserie pastry, equal parts butter and flour mixed over and over again. It's fucking delicious. The problem with the Danish heretofore has been the fact that the only Danishes most people eat are pathetic, store-bought, mass-produced Danishes. And those, of course, are sad. And we live in a time where everything from croissants to donuts 
to bagels is made artisanally, the Danish has not received the same treatment, which I think is sad because you have the same properties as a croissant, infinitely configurable to suit your needs. Ted, the situation that you lay out, the the picture that you paint of a Danish with mismatched filling and pastry is not necessarily the fate or the lot of every Danish. It's just that's how all the Danishes you eat to get made. If the Danish, I submit, were to receive the same attention and loving care from bougie coastal elite bakeries, it would easily surpass the croissant or any other baked good in popularity and wonder. Think about it. You can put jam. You can put chocolate. You can put anything. You can array them in any way you like. You're not bound by by the strictures of the crescent shape of the croissant. It's the ultimate pastry waiting to happen. Ted, before you do your rebuttal, I do have a quick question, which is do you consider all Danishes to need to have the cheese part? Can we discuss the cheese in the rebuttal? Because it's a part that has always mystified me. There's like a creamy part, right? Well, you can put many things in the middle of a Danish, and, and that's what ends up happening is it sort of gets these random kind of fillings like, oh, random cheese or random jam. And what ends up often happening is that it kind of makes both the jam and the pastry bad. Like, why do we fill things? The reason is so each bite has that, that perfect ratio of crust to filling that really creates the kind of ideal pastry experience. And eating a Danish is the opposite of that. You rip through all of this pastry to try to get to the delicious filling, but then there's no no pastry left when you get to the filling. And so Asim's argument of, oh, we just need artisanal danishes, maybe there's a reason why the great bakers of our time are not making artisanal danishes, just like the great steak people are not making sloppy joes. So this is because a danish has like that ring of crust around the side and then the, the very platter, structure, the, the lake of filling in the middle. Yeah, the, the very culinary baking structure ensures imbalance and ensures... It's an equation for, uh, you know, but pastry that's kind failure. Of, that's kind of what, like, topless pies are like. And how many topless pies do people eat? I love a good quiche. But it's not a quiche, though, because you get, you get pastry in every single bite for uh, a quiche. You know, I is, think there not, more, is there pastry at the bottom of the Danish there? But, it, but it, it's not a uniform. So you'll, you'll have, like, the filling will overwhelm the pastry in the middle. Mm. Mm. Okay, it's time for a seam. Yeah, there's, there's so much there to unpack. I think you're presuming, Ted, that a Danish necessarily have to, has to have this sad lake of filling surrounded by oceans of... That's not really good because those are both bodies of water. Land, surrounded dry by land, yeah. dry land of pastry. Thank you, Ellen. Um, and I, it just doesn't have to be that way. A good Danish can and should be like a quiche with a narrow ring of moat sort of uh, surrounding... Just appealing to the judge's metaphor. I, I will do what I can to, make, to get my point across, Ted. I think that a good Danish can be well-proportioned. It doesn't have to be this sad sort of thing that you buy at the Costco and then struggle through until you get the small amount of sad pineapple in the middle. I hate that, too. But you know what? I will say this. Of all the shitty store-bought pastries and the Entenmann's boxes, the white boxes, I will still go for a Danish over a sad Sara Lee's bagel or a, you know, a soggy donut any day because it has so much more personality than either of, of those things. And if you were to apply proper, personality. Ap- ap- apply proper viennoiserie techniques right, to the up. Danish, then you would find it just as enjoyable. Okay, I, okay. I, have, I have one slight thing. The, 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 the quiche example doesn't totally work because you bake those two things together, so the actual crust has much greater texture, and the way that the filling is applied in pastry for Danishes, it really makes it very soggy. So it is more like a soggy bucket than a beautiful lake. Wow. Wow. There is a lot to chew on here, and I'm not even eating a Danish right now. I, uh, da, 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 da. Uh, I, I, this is so interesting to take apart because I feel at the one hand, 
on the one hand, Ted made an extremely emotional appeal. First of all, soggy bucket. Very, you know, I'm moved just by that phrase. And uh, the, the image of the sad Danish is very hard to ignore. And so I, I am moved in some direction by Ted's appeal to my emotional senses of like, why, you know, maybe the Danish has been neglected for a reason, which is that I have never been interested in eating a Danish when looking at the Danishes that are out there. And, and I, I, I do think Asim's argument that like anything tastes better when it's bougie, like is true. Dare to dream, Ellen. Yeah, maybe not Dare particularly compelling because like who, what, what wouldn't taste better if it were made with like the utmost tartini Indeed. ingredients of the world. However, I think in the end, I'm going to rule with Asim because I, I do not find your argument against the quiche counterexample to be very strong. We're not arguing about quiches. We're arguing about Danishes. No, I know. You know but so like, that, you really, you, you won his I, argument for him. You tried All to right. go for a structural argument about the like the packaging of the pastry with filling. And I'm someone who's very convinced by this. Like I will eat layered cakes very carefully in vertical only slices because what monster eats a cake in the way that it was not intended to be had, which is clearly layered all layers layer, at once. Right, yeah. yeah. So, but I mean, I don't know. A Danish does have pastry at the bottom, regardless of how it was baked. And I have enjoyed many topless pastries, not a term I had thought of before now, but yes, topless pastries. Why not? Uh, this, this podcast should be suitable yeah, for children. Yes, uh, let's, uh, PG let's keep it PG yeah. thirteen. Uh, but uh, so I don't, I don't, you know, I, Ted, I was not swayed by your argument, although I appreciate the appeal to emotion because it was compelling. End of judgment. Keep the Danish. Well, there we go. The Danish lives for another day, at least until the next episode of Food Court. And to knock us out.